We've been involved in church our whole married life. We have never been out of church. I mean, there's been times when it's been very difficult for us to do that, but we've always stayed very involved, very active in the church. I grew up Catholic and you grew up non-denominational and we would, you know, attend each other's churches, um, but we didn't really have yeah, a home good. of our own. <laughs> and and we would just clash. I mean, we could not come to Especially an agreement. Especially when it came to, well, what are we gonna do when we have kids? We got in a fight one day about uh, me taking the children to church. And so I was like, well, then come to church. <laughs> and so he decided to come to church. Every day, you know, you lift each other up in prayer and you just bathe your marriage in prayer. All right, we start a new series uh, today from this day forward. And uh we're going to take these weeks and we're going to encourage you to make uh, five commitments if you're in a marriage relationship. Uh, if you're dreaming about or hoping to be in one someday, uh, these can apply to you too as you think about that person that uh, God would choose, uh, choose for you. So we're going to take these five weeks and uh, try to deepen, uh, deepen our relationships. We're going to help you do that in uh, multiple ways uh, in this experience. And so uh, every Sunday, obviously, we're going to do the message around one uh, of those uh, five commitments. And then uh, in your handout, you've got a card like this. And uh, this is your Q&A card. So uh, during the week, uh, Pastor Andrews, it's going to be Q&A with PA, uh, is going to answer some of, the, some of the questions you turn in. Can't do them all, but he'll answer some of the questions. So as you hear the message this morning, if it inspires a question, uh, you can just write that down today and uh, turn it in, and uh, he'll get to those uh, this week, and that's going to be on, uh, on Facebook and on our media stuff. You'll find it. Uh, so it's a little Q&A with PA. Uh, PA, uh, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, this morning also after the service at the 10:45 service, there'll be a uh, small group that'll also be gathering uh, to uh, talk about uh, the the message this morning, and that'll happen uh, each week uh, at 10:45. So hopefully we get you uh, lots of opportunities to grow uh, from these messages uh, these messages uh, each week. And uh, the title for the series is uh, From This Day Forward, right? You may remember uh, that. Those of you that were married, uh, you probably said that when you did that vow thing on your marriage day. You remember that vow thing? Uh, let's see if you do, okay? This is kind of the classic vows that most uh, often happen in, uh, in uh, wedding ceremonies. And uh, you probably are going to know this as we go. And you can help me along, okay? As we do this, I'll do kind of one half, you do the other half thing. You know how it goes. So it's like, uh, you know, I, John, take you, Mary, to be, my, uh, to be my wife, to have and to, from this day forward. There's the phrase, right? To have and to hold from this day forward. For better, for richer, in sickness and, yeah, you got this, to love and, to cherish until we are parted uh, by death. By the way, you know which phrase uh, uh, the guys really like? To have and to hold. And everything that goes with it. Three or four times a week. So you know, ladies, you know, guy, you know which one women like? To love and to cherish. We want to love and to cherish. Right? Am I right? Yeah, notice there are kind of bookends in the vows there, right? It all is a package deal. Okay. Well, we're going to take these weeks to try and encourage you as Christ followers 
to make five commitments uh, in your, uh, your marriage experience or as you, as you look to marriage. And so just come each week. We'll unfold what each one is as we go. They're captured in the topics and the handout. Uh, but, uh, and why is it important for us uh, to do this? Well, as we start this series, we need to understand one fundamental biblical truth. And it's stated, the biblical truth simply is that God can do for you what you can't do for yourself. Okay? God can do for you what you can't do for yourself. If you look at Proverbs 24, it says, A house is built by wisdom becomes strong through good sense. And those are both good things, right? Exercising wisdom and exercising good sense. I mean, that's all great stuff, and we should do that in our marriage relationships, right? But ultimately, if we want our marriages to flourish, if we want our marriages to be everything God wants them to be, you got to be able to go to Him and allow Him to do for you what you can't do for yourself, right? And so Proverbs 9 says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment, right? So we may have good sense and all those things that the previous proverb said, but it really drives us to understand, listen, God can do for you what you can't do for yourself. You need to give him the opportunity to build your relationships, in particular, your marriage relationships. Hebrews says, for every every house has a builder. It can be one person building, right? Every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. So the question is, who do you want to trust in building your relationships, and in particular, your marriage relationship? Do you want to trust you, right? Do you want to put, put the odds in on you to just do your work and do, build your marriage relationship? Or do you want to trust your marriage relationship over to the one who built everything, I took shop when I was in, uh, you know, in high school, and I still have uh, a gun case. That, that's what I built. I built a gun case. Well, actually, I only got around to building the bottom half of the gun case because I never got the top half done because I was such a bad builder, right? Uh, and I, I still have the bottom half of it, but, of course, you know, the doors are crooked, and, you know, you, uh, you couldn't get the upper half on there because it kind of teeter-totters. It's not even, right? Obviously, I'm not a very good builder, right? I'm just not a very good builder, right? And, and the truth is, that's true about us, because we're broken people. We often are selfish, self-centered people. We're just not good builders when it comes to building relationships and flourishing marriages. So what do we need to do? We need to trust the one who's an incredible builder, the one who built everything. Let's see. Do you want to trust yourself, or do you want to trust the person that built the Milky Way? I'm just saying. Yeah, any of you have been to the Grand Canyon? You, you want to trust yourself building, or you want to trust the one that built that thing? Pretty grand? I mean, it's a fundamental question as you look at your relationships and your marriage relationship. Who do you want to entrust as being the foundational builder? Scripture would encourage you this morning as we start this series to just get this basic understanding and say, wait a minute, he can do for you what you can't do for yourself. And we know that to be true. That is the foundation of the gospel, right? That he did for us in Jesus Christ. He did for us on the cross what we could not accomplish for ourselves. And he freely gifted to us the opportunity to know him and experience him for eternity. We just celebrated Easter Sunday, 
We celebrated the good news that he accomplished for us what we could not accomplish for ourselves. And he walked out of that tomb three days later. Now let's apply that understanding into our relationship. It says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builder is... That's the truth. That's the truth. we got to make sure we entrust it to the one who really knows how to build relationships and build marriages. So that's the basic principle we start with, right? Are we all okay with that principle? I hope so, because we're going to advance. Each one of these things now we're going to talk about each week is built on that basic understanding. And so today, our first principle in terms of from this day forward, building that marriage that God wants you to have, letting him build that marriage, is, starts with this one. Just seek God first. Build your marriage by loving God first and your spouse second. What? Yeah, that's the way it works. That, this is just the way it works. Build your marriage by loving God first and your spouse second. If you look at Matthew 22, Jesus says, You must love, you must, must, you must, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. How many times does the word all appear? One, two, three times, okay? Three times it appears. Now think about the word all. How all-encompassing is the word all? Well, that would be all-encompassing, isn't it? Right? It doesn't say love the Lord your God with most and save a little bit over here for your spouse and save a little bit over here for your kids. No, it says what? Love the Lord your God with, answer would be all, everything, all, all encompassing, right? Well, how does this work? Wait a minute, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Wait a minute, I I thought I'm supposed to love my spouse. Well, yeah, but here's the principle. You love the Lord your God with all your heart and you understand what love really is. You understand, you you grow to know what love really is because you love him and he loves you. And when you understand that kind of love, that spills over into your marriage relationships. And you're able to give to your spouse a love that you don't have in and of yourself. Did you follow that? When When you put God first, when you love God first... You learn a kind of love in and through that relationship with him. And that love then spills into your other relationships and your marriage relationship. And you can love your spouse in a way that you can't in and of yourself love your spouse. You can only love your spouse that that way as you understand what it means to grow and love God. And as you understand how much... He loves you. So Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God. How often? Above all else. You see that? In absolutely everything, seek God first. Seek him first in your marriage. Love God first in your marriage and your spouse second. For those of your parents, guess where kids come? That would be third. That would be third. They don't run the house. Your marriage runs the house. You follow me? God runs the house. 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else. This is a real problem for us because it comes in conflict with what the world would teach us, right? And, and it's so easy to say, wait, wait a minute, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to put my spouse first. Well, yeah, you put God first, and because you understand that, you're able to put your spouse first. Because in and of yourself, you don't have the ability to do that. It's only when you understand how God put you first that you can learn to put your spouse first. Did you follow that? It's our desire to try to deny this, but this is the only way we're going to experience the kind of marriages and relationships that God wants for us. If you go to Corinthians, Paul says, I planted the seed in your hearts, Apollos watered it, but God, it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting, who does the watering. What's important is that who does? God, God makes the seed grow. You see, he can do for you and your marriage relationship what you can't do for yourself. And so you put God first. Let me try to illustrate this for you and help you understand it. I have a great diagram. This right here. If you get this principle today, this is like this is worth the price of admission to come in today. By the way, how much did you pay to come in today? Yeah, okay. It's free. This is grace, okay? But if you get this, if you get this, this will change your marriage right here. All right? You follow? Here we go. So if you look at the spiritual pyramid around the marriage relationship, right? Look at this, right? You got the husband over here, and you got the wife over here. As the husband grows in his relationship to Christ, following the arrows up, okay? The husband grows in his relationship to Christ. The wife over here. The wife grows in her relationship to Christ. Follow the arrows. What happens to the husband and the wife as they grow in their relationship to Christ? Do you notice what happens? When they're down here, how far apart are they? But as they grow in their relationship to Christ, what happens? They become closer. You see that? They become closer. This is the way it works. As you grow as a husband in your relationship with Christ, you learn what true love really is. And you're able to better love your wife. As you grow as a wife in your relationship to Christ and his love for you, you're able to better love your husband. As you grow in your relationship with Christ and you learn how much he's forgiven you, you're able to truly forgive and practice forgiveness in your marriage. As you grow in your relationship with Christ and you understand his radical generosity and sacrifice for you, you're able to grow in your generosity and sacrifice for your spouse. You can put any piece you want of biblical truth in that formula. As you grow in whatever that is in your personal relationship with Christ, you're able to then put that into practice in your marriage in relationship to your spouse. 
as the husband grows and as the wife grows in their relationship with Christ, they will simply become closer. And their marriage will flourish and become stronger. Did you get that? That's, that's good stuff. Isn't that good stuff? Come on, give me a little sugar on that one. That is good stuff. I'm telling you, I like that thing. You just take that home, plaster that thing on your refrigerator. I don't care where you put it, you know, but take that home. That is good stuff. So what does it mean? As we're together, as we do this today, and, and we get that principle now that God can do for us what we can't do for ourselves, principle one. Principle two today is that we start with growing in our personal relationship uh, with Christ. And that's going to grow our marriages and grow us closer to our spouse, right? What's the next thing? Well, if we see that, if we understand that, if we receive that word today, right, like we just sang, right, speak to us, then we got to do it. This is a great word from uh, First Chronicles. God came to Solomon to uh, build his temple, right? And he said to Solomon, listen, Solomon, take this seriously. Take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary, but what do you got to do? You got to be strong and you got to do the work, right? You got to be strong and you got to do the work. Right? So in our marriages and in our relationships, if we understand this principle, it means that we, we just got to take this in, let God speak to us on this this morning, and then take a strong stand and step into it and do the work. We got to be ready to do the work. What's the work? Well, the work this morning is straightforward and simple. Start by just growing your own spiritual relationship with Christ. Just, just for the sake of your marriage, not, not for you, for the sake of your spouse, for the sake of your family, for your sake of your house, right? Just, just take the spiritual strong stance and say, from this day forward, I'm going to take my relationship with Christ seriously. From this day forward, I am going to step into a stronger relationship and grow my relationship with Christ. Because I understand, if I do that, that's going to grow my marriage relationship. Now, the great thing is about this is you can take this step no matter where you are or where your marriage is on that pyramid, right? Some of you may be down at the bottom of the pyramid where there's some distance in, in your marriage relationship and you're struggling right now. And, and you can just take this seriously, and from this day forward, forget yesterday, from this day forward, take this step and just say, we're going to start here. We're going to do this. We're going to step into developing our relationship with Christ. And just know that as you do that, you're taking a step for the goodness of your marriage. Some of you may be further on the pyramid. You may be up uh, closer. That's fantastic. That's great. Just keep doing it. Just keep stepping into your personal relationship with Christ. Growing that relationship. Never give up. I mean, I give you my own, my own testimony. There's times in my marriage where, you know, I feel distant from Jill, from my wife. And it's amazing that in those times, whenever I feel distant from her, it's always a time when I'm distant from Christ. It's just this relationship thing that we're, It's just the way it is. Right? Whenever I kind of feel that distance between the two of us, it's because I, I also look, and look at my own spiritual walk and I see, 
you know what? I've been distant from Christ. I've been missing my devotions every day. Or, you know, I've just been not, not being in prayer as much as I ought to be. And I just haven't been doing those spiritual things that I need to do to grow in my relationship with Christ. It, it's just the principle. And so one place we start is just by doing the work individually and saying, you know what? I'm making this commitment to my marriage because I am going to make a commitment to grow in my relationship with Christ. Make sense? And here's a simple first step, right? Now, in a, in a little bit, I'm going to give you a whole list of things that you can do in your relationship. None of them are going to surprise you. You're all going to go, you know, okay, the usual list. Okay, I get it. But so I'm just going to ask you today, if, if you do that list, fantastic. But at the minimum, right, just at the starting point, if you want to grow your marriage, just do this work right here. Just start here. Start committing to grow your own personal relationship and do this second thing. Start praying for your spouse. Throughout the day, not just once a day, throughout the day, periodically, just start praying for your spouse. Uh, Jill and I have this practice in our marriage, in our house, and it's, it's more her than me. I'll give you that. It's more her than me. But before she leaves the house to go off to teach every day, she'll, she'll uh, you know, poke her head wherever I am. She'll poke her head before she leaves, and she'll say, hey, is there anything I need to pray for today? And I get to tell her what's going on in my day and, and say, yeah, boy, I got this going on or I got that going on, you know. And, and of course, then I'll say, how about you? Anything I need to pray about for today? It's that simple, but it's also that powerful. And so throughout the day, if she shares something with me throughout the day, you know, that will just come to mind, and I'll just pause for a little bit, and I'll just lift her up before the Lord. I'll just just start praying about that situation, whatever that is, right? Just start there. Just start there. If you just start there, you will start seeing God doing for yourself what doing for you and your marriage what you can't do for yourself, right? If you look at 2 Corinthians, uh, he gives us a, a warning about being with those who aren't already uh, Christ followers in our marriage relationships. And some of you may be in that place this morning where you're hearing the message this morning. You're saying, hey, that's all great and good about this pyramid thing and the two of us growing together in Christ. But guess what? I, I'm a follower and my spouse is, is not a believer. So what the heck am I supposed to do? Same thing. Doesn't change. Same thing. Just, just grow your own relationship with Christ and let that rub off on your unbelieving spouse and start praying for your spouse. Just start praying for them. Just start praying that God would show up in a powerful way and claim their heart. Right? Same thing. No difference. Now, for some of us, we've got distance in that relationship when we're at the bottom of the pyramid. For others, we're up higher on the, the pyramid. As you grow higher on the pyramid, you're going to find that this usual list that every pastor throws out to you uh, in marriage series, this usual list will become easier, right? You've seen this list before. You've had pastors throw that out and say, now, if you want to improve your marriage, you need to do this, this, and this. You had that experience before? No, this is the first time you've heard a marriage series right? No, I mean, we always do this, right? Pastors always do this. Well, we always do it because it's true. It's, it's biblical, right? So we, we always give you this list because it's true. It's biblical. It works. It's good. But I'm just saying to you this morning, I don't know where you are just if, if you just start with the first two. 
Just, just start with the two we've talked about, right? Just grow your relationship with Christ and just start praying for your spouse. Just start there. Give me that, okay? Just start there, right? Now, if you're farther on the pyramid, right, as you grow on the pyramid, what happens? As you get further in your relationship with Christ and you get closer to your spouse, you're going to find you're going to have a spiritual intimacy that grows. You're going to have a spiritual intimacy that grows in your relationship. And as that spiritual intimacy grows, guess what gets possible and easier? This list. Right? A lot of times, couples don't make the list. They start with number one. Okay, we're supposed to pray together. Okay, all right. Right? And then they get, uh, all right, pastor said we're supposed to pray together. And then, right? right? And, then you, and then you do it, and what do you say? Well, that was awkward. Amen? Right? Come on. It's true. I, you guys, I've had you in my office telling me this, all right? It's true, right? Yeah, that's right. I don't have an office. Well, anyway, we, we sat down together and you told me that, okay? But no, right? I mean, no. I mean, you say, we pray together. Okay, I have to pray. And, and you do it and you're like, man, that's really awkward, right? That's really awkward. Well, well what is that? Well, as you grow in your spiritual relationship with Christ, right? And as you pray for your spouse, as you do those things, you're going to find your spiritual intimacy will grow. And this list will become more possible. It'll simply become more possible. And you'll begin to pray together, and it won't feel awkward. Why? Because you've been praying for your spouse every day. For how long? You've been doing it. It's just now you're going to share it together. It won't feel that awkward. It won't be that difficult, right? Worship together. Make sure you do that. Worship together. That's one of the great things I love in my own life about vacation, right? But Jill and I go on vacation, and we go up to our cabin, and Sunday rolls around. Man, we are in church on Sunday. Why? Because I am not going to miss the opportunity to worship with my wife, because I don't get to do it here. You do. I don't get to do that here. I'm not going to miss that opportunity. Are you kidding me? That is a huge gift for me when we're off on vacation. Right? Just, just do that. Read Scripture together. You don't have to talk about it, expound about it, all that kind of stuff. Just read. Let the Word go in your house. Get in a group together. Right? Maybe you're in a group individually, but get in a group together. Talk about whatever group you're in. And then find a ministry together. Just serve together. Right? These are all things that grow as your spiritual intimacy grows. How can this happen? Well, it happens because God can do for you what you can't do for yourself. And when you made that marriage vow that we just uh, read in the beginning, right? When most of you made that marriage vow, you made that marriage vow not simply in a commitment to one another, but you made that within, within an environment that said, hey, we're making this commitment to one another, and we're doing that in the sight of God. And when you do that, God makes his commitment to you. God has made an absolute commitment to your marriage. And I can tell you without question, God does not want your marriage to be average. He will not settle for average. He is extraordinary. And he wants our marriages to be flourish and extraordinary marriages. He is committed. He is absolutely committed. And so for you today, just be strong and do the work. Just take the step from this day forward 
this new opportunity. From this day forward, take the step to put God first. Put God first and let him do the work in your marriage that you can't do for yourself. Let's pray. Father, thanks that you are so absolutely committed to our marriages and our relationships, that you're the author, the creator of love, and uh, you are the creator of marriage. And so help us to understand better. Help us to uh, just release our marriages to you. And as we uh, release them, that we would just be strong and make that commitment to do the work today. And just start someplace. Just start at that place where we grow in loving you. We grow in our relationship with you. Because we know there we will grow in understanding how to love our spouses. And Lord, teach us as we pray this morning to, to just pray. Just pray for our spouse. That they would know that every single day we're doing that. Lord, we come to you this morning and we want to make this commitment today as part of uh, the commitments yet to come a commitment that we would just love you more than anything because we know in doing that you will work and you will grow our relationships and our marriages. So bless us and encourage us now we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.